Hey, good morning, everyone. My name is Pastor Mike, lead pastor of Fervent Church. And you, just, you, made, you made a great decision to join us this Sunday because this Sunday we're starting a brand new series of conversations in regards to the voice, what we're calling the voice, the voice of God, hearing God. And we're going to dive into to this topic in just a few moments, but I just want to challenge us with something. Hey, I've been saying this for the last few weeks, and I want to keep on saying it. You're not back into church until you're back into community, all right? You're not back into church until you're back into community. So even right now, there's some people having backyard tailgates. What are backyard tailgates? People are watching in their backyards, um, watching this service, and then eventually, either during or afterwards, having food and enjoying the presence and company of other people within our community, um, sharing and doing life with people in their communities, their neighborhoods, and, and so forth and so on. And so that's what it's all about. That's how we're defining church through something we call collectives. Collectives are our main expression of church, okay? And so we're going to keep tooting that horn. We're, we're going to keep amplifying that and turning the volume up on that because that is what we've been missing for decades, centuries, um, going back to the original thought, the original plan of, of the church, and that's people getting together, worshiping Jesus, and it doesn't need to be in four walls or something called a sanctuary, um, that you right now, you're experiencing church. We don't go to church, we are the church. Maybe you heard that before, but now, Fervent Church, we really mean it. You are the church, all right? So we're starting this brand new series today called the voice. I want to talk about hearing God. How important is it to hear from God? Because most of us, if not all of us, we have questions, don't we? And we have questions that are very difficult to answer. On top of all the complex problems in our world, we have these questions that we're just dying to get answers for, right? Like we're, we're, we just know it. And, and, and if you're anything like me, I have what I call like a, my, my pothead moment, all right? So like I'm not, I don't smoke pot per se. Uh, and, and, but sometimes my sons and I, uh, we're just goofy guys and we have these random questions. Like, you know, we'll be at the dinner table and we'll go and, and ask the question like, where do, where do thoughts go when they're forgotten? Ooh, right. Or why don't, why, why don't your lips touch when you say the word touch, but they touch when you say the word separate? Right. right now, everyone watching this, uh, you're probably trying it out. Touch. Oh, yeah, your lips don't touch when you say touch, but they do touch when you say separate. Right. We have these questions that we long to be answered. Right. What, what, com what came first? Right. When it, when it comes to orange, what came first, the, the color or the fruit? These, these are some deep questions. Right. Or, or maybe you ask the question like if you if you punch yourself and it hurts, are you strong or are you weak? Come on, don't that sound like some pothead questions, right? Or, or you like this one. If you, if you describe something that's indescribable, didn't you just describe it? Am I blowing your mind or what, right? Actually, we have a worship song that says indescribable, right? Indescribable. Well, aren't we describing it uh, by saying the term indescribable? Or this is one's my wife's favorite. All right, so shout out to, to Jillian Rosado, my wife's favorite. She says, when, when you're bald and you're washing your face, how do you know where to stop? Mind blown when it comes to all these silly questions. So when it comes to these type of questions, a lot of us, we, we say, oh, you know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God this. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God. Um, 
and, and my pushback as a pastor, as um, someone who, who studies scripture, my pushback is like, why do we have to wait to get to heaven to ask these questions? Why is it that we think that that's the appropriate time to get our answers? When all throughout scripture, all throughout the Bible, we see these individuals interacting with God, having a dialogue with God, hearing the voice of God give them some answers. So why are we waiting for this afterlife when we can have that conversation today? Why are we waiting? So maybe you said that, right? Come on, in, in the chat right now, on the comments, like, raise your hand if you say, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God, why did he put me through this situation? Or I'm going to ask God, why didn't he do it this way? Um, when Jesus died on the cross, okay, so if you're first time watching us, like, we're very clear about this. Jesus died on the cross. He lived a life we couldn't live, died a death we couldn't die. Um, so that we could be reconciled with God, reconciled with the Father, meaning no distance, no separation. We have access, direct access to God. In fact, when he died, Scripture tells us that the curtain was torn in two. There was a curtain that separated us from the presence of God. It was torn in two. When Jesus said, it is finished, that, that curtain was torn in two, symbolizing the fact that now we have direct access to God. I don't have to go through anyone. I'm sorry, uh, I'm a former Catholic myself. You don't have to go through a priest to get to God. We have direct access to God. We have direct access to God. And so, but I want to identify first, define what is this voice that we hear when people say, I heard from God. What does that mean? How can we tap into it? Um, and then what's the purpose of it? Why is it so important? And that's what we're going to discover in this series. And so it, it, it it doesn't sound, I know it sounds more sane to say we're going to wait till afterwards because um, if you have my history, a lot of people have said, I heard from God um, or God told me. They've said that phrase in vain, right? They used it to uh, manipulate the situation, do what they want to do. It's kind of like the ultimate trump card when you say God told me and then you can't say anything about it, right? Um, here's some statistics for you. 70, 76% of Americans would say that they personally believe in the existence of God. But half of them, everybody say half of them, half of them at least once before um, done something because God told them. God told them, including, you know, non-believers even said that, that God told them. So 38% of our country has used the phrase, God told me. Isn't that fascinating? Um, people are hearing a voice, but are they hearing the voice is the question. Um, a couple years ago, crazy headline says man was, was charged with murders in Tennessee and Florida. It's always Florida man, right? You know, when you hear the news, Florida man, you know, punched an alligator in the face. Like Florida man, you know, did something crazy. Well, this Florida man said that um, he, his murders in Tennessee and Florida, he said that he was doing what God told him to do is what the headline said. Wow. Um, Church people feel, tell me all the time that God told them something. And in fact, you know, I could hear it once, like, God told me that fervent is my home church. I hear that so many times. God told me that fervent is the place I'm supposed to be at. And then a few seasons later, we say, ah, you know, and all of a sudden God told me that I need to leave. Um, well, which one is it? Did God tell you that this was your, your permanent home or did God tell you to leave? And at times when we overuse the term, God told me, we kind of make God see, seem to be a schizophrenic. Even one time, um, someone said that they told me that, 
that I was supposed to marry their daughter. It was a woman. He said, God just kind of told me that I was supposed to marry your daughter. And then I kind of, between you and I, we're going to keep this between ourselves. But I looked at the daughter. I'm saying, I don't know. God loves me. Um, and so since he loves me, I don't think uh, he wants me to marry your daughter. Come on, somebody. Right? I'm not saying she was ugly. She just wasn't my type. All right? And God told, God told me to get shoved around all over the place. It's crazy how many times. And, and I think that people use the whole God told me thing. Uh, because it's really hard for someone to say, no, God didn't tell you that, right? Because that's your relationship with God. And so we, we repel correction when we say that. So, so you know, it's, and I've, I've actually been bold enough re- recently, the older I get, I've been bold enough to say, I don't believe God told you that. I'll flat out tell you, I don't believe God told you that. Um, and so far, nine times out of ten, I'm right. Because later on, they come say, you're right. It wasn't God. It was just me wanting to do what I wanted to do. And so maybe we just confuse um, the moment or gives ourselves a way to um, other forces in our lives when we hear um, things that kind of sound like it could be from God. And when I say that, um, maybe we're, we're, we're hearing the lies. Maybe we're hearing our, our emotions. Maybe we're hearing fear. Um, and, and it's so strong that it kind of feels like it's from God. And so in this series, we're going to discuss what is God, what isn't God, and learn to hear the, the voice of God. Because I do believe, I honestly do believe, that every single person, whether you're a seasoned Christian, you've been a Christian for a really long time, or this is your first time ever interacting with church, period, I do believe that you could hear from God, that you could have a conversation, that you could have a connection with God. This is why our, our, our scripture in the Old Testament and the New Testament, Jesus echoed this in, in Matthew 4, and it's in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 8.3. It says, man shall not live by bread alone. Okay, some of us have a high-carb diet. We need to tone it back. It says, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That proceeds from the mouth of God. John 10.27 says it this way. My sheep, this is Jesus talking, he says, my sheep hear my voice. If you are his if you are part of the Holy Family, if you are a disciple of Jesus, then he promises us that we will hear his voice. Okay, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That's how we get to know God, by hearing his voice. We should not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I did a little bit of Greek, because maybe you don't know this, but our Old Testament, our Bible split in two series of books, the Old Testament, which is primarily in Hebrew, and the New Testament, which is primarily uh, in Greek. And, and, and so all the Old Testament stuff is everything before Jesus. New Testament stuff is when Jesus uh, was here and, and, uh, and the follow-up after his resurrection and the beginning of the church. And so, so when you dive into that Greek word and you dive into the word that they were saying in regards to the Hebrew where it proceeds, it's, it's present tense. It's not past tense. It's present tense, meaning that it continues to proceed out of his mouth, that we could continue to hear God. It's a simple present tense. It's not past tense. And I believe that some people now, we just think, well, God spoke to people in the past. He doesn't speak to people anymore. And I'm here to tell you that that's a lie. If we're going to be people of the Bible, that it proceeds, it continues to speak to people even today. I personally believe that God wants to speak to us today. Why? Because even with all the crazy stuff happening, I believe that if we could filter out all the nonsense, we could hear the voice of God. 
we could hear the voice of God. And not hear the voice of God like Florida man hears the voice of God, but hear the voice of God that leads us to peace. Hear the voice of God that leads us to be peacemakers, that leads us to love our enemies, to bless our enemies, and continue doing what he has purposed us to do here on earth. But we have to first hear from God. And God, let me just frame this up very importantly. God doesn't change his mind, okay? So his voice is consistent. How do I know this? Our scripture tells us that if we believe that Jesus was God, that Jesus was deity, and Hebrews 13, 8 says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yesterday, today, and forever. So he doesn't change. So, so his voice is consistent in, in, in his convictions. It's, he's consistent in the truth. He doesn't change. So if he tells you to, to this is your permanent home, guess what? This is your permanent home. He does not change his mind. If he told you to marry so-and-so, he does not change his mind, okay? He doesn't because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Y'all getting this? And so, and, and, and it's important that he stays consistent because his consistency, his truth, by us hearing this word of truth, our faith grows. That's how our faith grows. Our faith doesn't grow by listening to Pastor Mike's opinions. Our faith doesn't grow by, by being a part of a, of a specific political party. Our faith doesn't grow by being a part of a specific church or movement. That's not how it grows. It grows simply by this. Romans 10, 17 says this. So faith comes from hearing. Hearing what? And hearing through the word of Christ. Hearing the voice of God. The words of God. That's how our faith grows. It has nothing to do with what church you go to or attend, or participate in. It has to do about his voice. So when we talk about voice, or we define voice, um, you know, the normal dictionary, it's a, it's a, it's a sound produced by, by human beings. But I want to switch up the definition. Let the word voice today, because I think that's why we mess up. We think we're not able to hear the voice of God because it, we think, when we think of voice, we think audible. We think that um, I have to clearly hear it. Um, but let's redefine the word voice for a second, especially for this series of conversations. Let's define it as it's the medium of expression. It's the medium of expression. So what I mean by that is this is how God delivers and this is how we receive his thoughts and his feelings about someone or something. His thoughts or his feelings about someone or something. So when I talk about voice, I'm not talking about, you know, the, the, the vibrations of a vocal cord or, or it's not physical. When I talk about voice, this is the medium of expression. This is the medium where God delivers his thoughts and feelings to us. If we could identify with that definition, then I believe that we'll be more open to say, yes, maybe I can hear the voice of God. So what is the voice of God and why is it important? I'm glad you asked for those taking notes. You ready? Number one, God's voice is accessible and it has authority. God's voice is accessible and it has authority. Here's the deal, folks. He wants to talk to you. He wants, to, he wants you to have access. Therefore, it is accessible. If that's something he wants and that's something we can do, he wants it. He wants it. And he's showed us this all throughout the Bible, right? So, so he had a dialogue with Adam and Eve. He had a dialogue with Cain, 
Right even before Cain sinned, he had a dialogue. Even after Cain sinned, he had a dialogue, right? He had a dialogue with Abraham. He had a dialogue all the way throughout Scripture. He even had a dialogue with Paul, a person who was murdering. At the time, his name was Saul, but he was murdering Christians. And God had a dialogue. Jesus had a dialogue with this man who was killing everyone. And it's that dialogue that was the catalyst for his life change. So for this man to continue to be a dynamic hero and leader of the early Christian faith, it all started with a conversation, a conversation where he heard God's voice. And so when God talks, write this down, he talks first, he, he wants to talk to you, okay? So he wants to talk to you, he, he wants to talk through you, okay? We see this all, again, all throughout the Bible. He spoke through people. He spoke through Moses and he spoke through Isaiah and Ezekiel. He, so he wants to speak to you, he wants to speak through you. And here's a cool part. Number three, he wants to speak about you. We see this in scripture too. God loves to talk about you. Okay. He, he remember how he was, he was talking to um, Satan, the Satan in, in the book of Job about Job. Okay. He was talking, he was talking about Saul to a man named Ananias in the new Testament, right? God loves to talk about you. So he wants to talk to you. He wants to talk through you. And he loves to talk about you and the good about you. God doesn't gossip, right? He's not giving everybody your business, okay? He, he, when he talks about you, he talks about the, the, the fullness of your potential. Um, he talks about your future. He talks about your destiny, your legacy. He sees you. And I love it when the Bible says that when he sees us, he sees his son Jesus. So he's, he's pleased with us. He, not, not because of anything we've done, but because what Jesus did on the cross. So he loves to talk about us. So he talks to you. He talks through you, and he talks about you, okay? Revelation 3.22 says it this way. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, okay? The Spirit wants to, again, continue to talk to his church, okay? So if we have ears, he said, let them hear. We have to hear. It's accessible. It's accessible, and if it's accessible, then let me ask you this question. When was the last time you heard his voice? Stop. Real quick. When was the last time you heard his voice? If it's so accessible, if we have ears and we could hear. And remember, um, metaphorical ears, right? Because we're not talking about an audible voice. We're talking about God delivering his expression. It's a medium of expression. It's a voice. It's a medium of expression. How God delivers his feeling and thoughts, right? Those belly instincts that come into play, right? Um, and he's bigger than Jiminy Cricket. He's bigger than, come on, where are my old school Pinocchio fans at, right? He's bigger than Jiminy Cricket. It's bigger than just your conscience. We get these belly beliefs that come into play that we don't hear them audibly, but we know that we're supposed to do something or we're supposed to not do something. That's the spirit of God talking. Let those who have an ear, let them here. So when was the last time God spoke to you? When was the last time you heard his voice? When I say heard his voice, that you tapped into, tapped, maybe I should say it this way, you tapped into God's feelings and thoughts about something. Sit with this question for a second. When was the last time? Because it is accessible. And the reason I want you to sit with this question is because if it's so accessible and I'm not hearing it, who's at fault? Most likely, it's ours. It's my fault. Okay? So could it be that we've lost reverence towards his voice? Because remember, I said that his voice, it's accessible, and it also has 
authority. So for me personally, I'm not projecting my issues onto you, but um, again, we do love using the tool of vulnerability here at Fervent Church. There's moments in my life where it's been very silent between me and God. And for me personally, for me personally, I'm not making this normative for you, but for me personally, I think at times God, um, because he is authority, um, he shouldn't have to repeat himself in my life. So normally when I want to continue the dialogue with God, I have to first ask myself, what was the last thing I heard from God? Go back to it, then ask myself the question, have I uh, been obedient to the last thing he told me? And normally it's no. And when I go back and repent, do better, complete the task that he's given me, then I start hearing him again. Um, why? Because he, his voice is accessible, but he's God. We just learned this in a past series called Human. He's the creator and we're the created. He's God. So therefore, even though it's accessible, he still has authority. So maybe, maybe for some of us, maybe you're, 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 you're better than I am, but maybe that the reason that we're not hearing God is because like, we've kind of like discounted the last thing he told us. So he's waiting for us to go back and abide by the previous thing he told us. And we sit there and we want more and more and more. God, tell me this. God, tell me that. But we're not obedient with the last thing he told us. Could it be that we've lost that sense of reference towards his authority? And you got to understand, so he has authority, but you're still important to God. But that doesn't mean that we don't approach him with humility. Okay? You're important to God. But that does not mean that we don't approach him with humility, that we don't come to him with this sense of familiarity. So it's accessible, and that's the hard part. That's the tension. The tension here is that when something's so accessible, sometimes it loses its potency, right? If, if, I, could, if I could always eat my favorite meal every single day, and I could just snap my fingers, and it's always here, after a while, I stop wanting it. Um, but we have to, like, like, really look at God through the eyes of our humility and go, I know you're accessible, and I'm important to you, but I still need to come to you with humility. And when I do that, it, better yet, when I don't do that, what do I do? I, I do some stupid things. I, I, and maybe you're just like me. We, we try to force God to respond when I don't approach him with humility. Please, please, for some of us who've been Christians for a really long time, let's cut the crap and let's be real in this moment of the, of the sermon, okay? Have you ever tried to force God to respond? Okay, like, God, if I don't hear from you, I'm out. And I wonder if God uh, has the same slogan that us Americans do, that he doesn't negotiate with terrorists, right? But when we don't approach him with humility, we try to force him to respond, or we try to force him to react a certain way. God, if you don't do this, you know, then, then, then I'm just going to live my life my own way. We force him to react, or maybe <laughs> we force him to repeat himself. We force him to react, respond, we force him to react, and then we force him to repeat himself. Sometimes, I wonder how many of our prayer, li uh, our prayer life is, is, is just saturated with, with repetitive questions. You know, God, do you want me to stay with my spouse? Just tell me, just tell me right now, do you want me to stay with my spouse? Um, you know darn well he wants you to stay with your spouse. But we keep asking because we want him to repeat himself in hopes that he's going to change his mind. Don't you see kids do that, Right? I know, I'm, I mean, we're in our teenage years now. Uh, got two boys, 13 and 16, and sometimes they'll ask me, please, can I go? Please, can I go? And I already said no. 
come on, please, I promise, I'll do this, I'll do this, woo, woo. That's how they sound to me, woo, woo, woo. And they keep on coming at me. I'm like, no, I'm not going to change my mind. I've already, t- come on, every parent, I've already told you my answer. And I wonder if we're trying in our attempt, and when we don't approach him with humility, that we're trying to get him to repeat himself. Ooh, this is some good stuff, right? And, and if he doesn't change his mind, and he doesn't, definitely doesn't change his heart, nor his character, um, then he's not going to change his words. Let's write that down. If he's not going to change his mind, if he's not going to change his heart, and he's not going to change his character, he's definitely not going to change his words. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so that's why it's really important, um, as we continue on learning this together, is that when I say he's not going to change his word, that when we do hear from God, we need to turn around and find it in Scripture, okay? This is where you, this, stop, this will stop all the crazies from saying, I, I feel like God told me to tell you to marry my daughter. Uh-uh, I don't see that in Scripture, right? Or I, told, I feel like God told me to kill this person. Uh-uh, I don't see that in Scripture, right? And so it always goes back to the Bible, okay? So, so when I say that we need to abide in His words, we, we abide in the Bible, and you know, you know darn well, that's how you differentiate. Is this really the voice of God? Um, because he wouldn't say it like that, or he didn't say that at all. It should be our response when we're into Scripture, okay? So to discern his voice, write this down. So to discern his voice, we need to study his word. Let me say that again. So to discern his voice, we need to study his words. John chapter 1 says it best. He goes, in the beginning was the word, right? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And now we see that Jesus is the manifestation of the word later on in that chapter. It says, and the word became flesh. That word became Jesus, okay? And so he never changed. That's why he said, I didn't come to, to get rid of the law. I came to fulfill it because he doesn't change his mind. If he's not going to change his mind, he's not going to change his heart. He's not going to change his character. He's definitely not going to change his word. So if we're going to discern what is the voice of God and what's not the voice of God, we have to also study his words. Y'all getting this? Last one for today. A two-parter, Pastor Mike? Normally you're good for a three-point sermon. No, today, sorry, Pastor Barry, he was making fun of me a couple weeks ago about, oh, three points. I bet you it's three points. No, today's just two points. How you like that? Anybody who right now is struggling with consistency and maybe you're a little OCD, you're struggling right now, but today's just a two-pointer. You're welcome. Number two, God's voice is not uniform and it goes beyond understanding. Let me say that again. God's voice is not uniform and it goes beyond understanding. There's been a lot of controversy over a, a recent movie. Um, it's called Exodus, Gods and Kings. And in the movie, um, I love the creativity in it, and a lot of people didn't like it, where there's a part of the movie where the voice of God actually had a kid's voice in it. It was a kid's voice. Um, that, that's how they portrayed the voice of God in that moment. And some people were in an uproar because like, my God sounds like Morgan Freeman, right? My God sounds like James Earl Jones, not some little kid's voice. But again, if you go back to scripture, we kind of could say confidently that his voice isn't uniform. And maybe that's rubbing you the wrong way right now. Um, His voice is not uniform. We see that in 1 Kings 19.12, when he's talking to the prophet Elijah, it actually says that I am, he said that to himself, he said, I am the still small voice. Maybe it's that voice of a little, little child or 
or um, in Jeremiah 23:29, it says, "Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rocks in pieces." So we see this like crazy dynamic where it's like I'm 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 a still small voice, but then my voice could be like a hammer, right? It's we see all throughout Scripture, it is not uniform. It's not the same every time. He's saying the same thing, but the dynamic changes. It is not uniform, but, and it goes beyond our understanding sometimes. Exodus 3, story where God is calling this man named Moses to, to liberate, um, liberate his people from the slavery of the Egyptians. So the scene's kind of wild, right? So you kind of see, um, you see Moses interacting with this burning bush. God's talking through a burning bush. And, and I was reading some articles because it's, it's the Old Testament. And, and the Old Testament is basically the Jewish Bible. So I was reading some articles written by some rabbis. And um, they said something quite fascinating. Some rabbis actually believe um, that, that God spoke to Moses with the voice of Moses' father in order to put Moses at ease. Whoa. That God spoke in the tone of Moses' father in order to put Moses at ease. And it doesn't say that, but that's what like, Jewish people believe, uh, or at least some of them do. And I do quite, I find it quite fascinating because notice in the text it says, he says, Moses, Moses. And Moses' response was, was here I am. Right? And so if it was just some crazy, like, deep, you know, raspy voice and somebody said, Michael, Michael, I'm running. Okay? I'm running. I grew up in the hood. I don't play that mess, right? I'm the dude in every horror movie that stays alive, okay? Come on. Can I get an amen? All right. So maybe it was a familiar voice um, that, that allowed Moses to say, here I am. He didn't run away. He said, here I am. And so we see continually again that he doesn't speak in this uniform, uniform tone all the time. And, and the Bible says that, that in Philippians 4, 7, in the peace of God, that's how you know when God's really talking, even if it's something crazy like a burning bush or, or crazy like a little whisper, whenever God talks, it is laced with peace. And, and in Philippians 4, 7, it says, in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. See, you see that word hearts and minds? Remember what I said, because his voice Right? His voice is a medium of expression. It's the way he delivers his thoughts and feelings, his heart and his mind of Christ. Right? So, so when he says, that, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Your heart, our hearts and minds, our thoughts and feelings connect with God's thoughts and feelings. And then we have this thing called peace. And that's the thing that guards our hearts. It will guard our hearts. And it also leads us beyond understanding. It leads us to a place um, where I don't need it to completely make sense in order for me to be obedient. I don't need it to completely make sense for me to worship God. A lot of the crap happening in, in our lifetime does not make sense. And so we need to hear the voice of God. We need that peace because we need to go beyond what our eyes can see, beyond what our minds can calculate. We need to hear the voice of God. So... As a church, fervent church, can we be committed to say, I, I, we don't want to talk about God. We want to talk to God. I don't want to just talk about God. I want to talk to God. 
We talk more about God than to him. And it's not fair when he's given us access through his throne room. There's a great worship song, and I don't know if you agree with uh, the band's theology or not, but it says, I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room. I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room. He's accessible, and he has authority, and it's not uniform. Sometimes he'll speak differently to me than he, he, he will to you, but it leads us beyond our understanding. We, we love to talk about God and not to him. We love to argue about God more than just argue with him. You know that there's people in the Bible that have actually argued with God? You could do that if you understand the voice of God. Or I don't want to say we believe in his existence, but don't believe in our connection to him. I don't want to, I don't want to believe in his existence and not believe in our connection to him. His voice is an evidence of his presence. His voice is the evidence of his presence. And his presence will always accompany his word. So when we open up scripture, and I just gave you a bunch of scripture today, and we're going to give you more in this series. When we open up scripture, just know that, like, before you read, you know, don't just do it as religious obligation. Let's tap into the voice of God. Let's tap into his thoughts and feelings. And so before you open up the Bible, why, why not pray first? Pray, God, I, wanna, I don't want to just read words. I want to hear your voice. Can we do that, Fervent Church? Because his voice, this voice, the voice of God in our lives is really important. We're going to talk more in this series about listening. We're going to talk more about praying. Because his voice is the very thing we need in our lives today. His amazing voice. So maybe today you've heard the voice of God and it's moved on your heart. And you want to respond. This is your first time checking us out. I want to invite you into the family of God. So if you want to believe that, if you want to join in this faith journey, and you believe that, that again, there was a man named Jesus, that he historically, physically lived here on earth and lived this life that I could never accomplish, a sinless, perfect life to, to not only give us an example, but to be the ultimate sacrifice for us and died this death that I should have died. Even on my best day, even as a pastor, even on my best day, I still deserve the cross, but he took that for me. He took that for you so that we could be reconciled with God so we could start hearing his voice. If you want to believe that with me, we, we believe that that right there is your ticket into the adoption of this holy family that Jesus is the head of. And so if that's you, uh, I want to pray for you very quickly. Father God, I pray that today be the first day of the rest of their lives with you. Lord, promise them right now, even though they have never heard your voice, that they will start hearing your voice. And not like the crazy wackadoos that we, we've heard in the news or in history that said they've heard you, but really hear you. Let it be laced with peace, love, and more importantly, mercy in this moment. Mercy that you've forgiven us for everything we've done, everything we're doing, and everything we're going to do, because you're a good God. We start this journey with you today. In Jesus' name, amen.